0: Dear listener, it's a great day that you choose to join me. This is Adventist All Radio, the voice of hope. Please keep tuned to this station until the end. I'm your presenter, Samuel Mahangi. This is your favorite New Life program with interesting segments just for you. Patona will be having the Family Life segment by Lydia Cheng. Today, she will talk about liking each other. Thereafter, we'll be having the Bible segment by Brother Ian Mose. Today, he'll be talking about total victory over sin. Before that, here is the song Mungu Wetu by Kualel Choir.
1: Tuwe tuau ruma wana, aliento amana wapeke Jesu, tuwe patau. Tuwe tuau ruma wana, aliento amana wapeke Jesu, tuwe patau. Tuwe tuau Maria Maria. Amani, mani tu me fata o tobu, ocupi tu me fata fura, la lia que é amani, a mani tu me fata o tobu, o tom tu me
2: I'm Salabani, you may pass a man, Nanya Pana Nanae. will be one Salabani, a man, you may pass a Ko ba butung Aka magadamu
1: Wajiye tum salavani tume pata o kogu akama gada muniyake wajiye tum salavani tume pata o kogu
2: akama gada muniyake wajiye tum
1: salavani tume pata o kogu tume pata amani 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 tume pata
2: o kogu Tu me fata fulâ,
1: la nia que tu me fata Amani, 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 tu me fata o tomu, o tu me fata fou, la mia temocosi.
2: Mepata Mani Yamani Amani tube Pata o Koku Oko tu mepata pura te mokozi Tu mepata Amani 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 tu mepata o
1: Koku Okom tu mepata pura Kemokosi
0: I hope that you've been blessed with that lovely song Thank you for staying tuned. Let us now prepare to listen to Lydia Cheng. Karibu.
3: Hello, dear listener. Welcome to today's Family Life program. Today we'll talk about liking each other. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your guidance through and through. We are praying for our marriages that you may help us to love as you have loved us. May our marriages honor you and glorify you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Just because you're married and you live in the same house together doesn't mean that you still love and like each other or at least show it. Your love may be one of the best-kept secrets around, or maybe it's not. Only five out of teens in a mar- hundred teens interviewed in a major marital study desired a marriage like their parents. Just five. Why? There are a number of reasons given, but I ultimately believe it's because your kids are watching. You may think you're hiding the anguish produced... You may think you're hiding the anguish produced by your inability to connect and love, but you're only kidding yourself. They hear it in every word to each other and see it in your lack of contact. It charges the air. There's an ad on TV that has an older couple commenting how much they enjoy being together after many years of marriage. The husband says, There are only a few couples our age that we know still like each other. How very sad. Many couples get to the point where they tolerate each other more than they show love to one another. And frankly, it just shouldn't be. In Gary Thomas's book, Devotions for a Sacred Marriage, he writes about the brides-to-be as well as married women he talked with at a marriage conference. Those that were not yet married gushed with enthusiasm about the things they loved about the men they would be marrying. But the married women emphasized the faults they saw in their husbands rather than the good. He then posed the question, Where is the bridge that leads a woman to stop defining a man by what he is and start defining him by what he is not? The sad answer, unfortunately, is marriage. All our hopes, expectations, and dreams get poured into this relationship. Because we marry a sinner, each day brings new and often legitimate disappointments. Before long, we stop seeing what attracted us and instead become consumed by what disappoints us. Whereas before marriage our eyes filled with the good points of the person we had chosen to spend our lives with now our eyes get filled with their shortcomings some of you are dealing with huge bridges that have fallen down between you bridges that seem impossible to rebuild it's difficult to say if that which is separating you it's difficult to say if that which is separating you can be bridged but with God all things are possible Please don't focus on the impossible, but rather on what is possible with God. We know a couple named Clint and Penny Bragg, who were divorced for over 11 years. God worked within both of them in separate parts of the country and drew them back together. They eventually remarried. Their differences, which seemed impossible to bridge, were as far as the east is from the west, but it didn't stop God. Even when there appears to be no bridges that can be built, it's amazing what God can do when even one partner is open to approaching things differently. All of these couples now love and like each other. The problem can often be that because in marriage we eventually focus on what we don't like about each other rather than what we do, we stop making the effort to continue to romance and grow good feelings about each other. Many of us believe that marriage many of us believe that marriages go bad because of the fighting that occurs. But the issue isn't whether you fight. It's how you fight and how rich your stockpile of good feelings is about each other. To weather difficulties and keep your basic attitude toward your partner positive. Dr. Willard Hurley, founder of the Marriage Builders Ministry, refers to stockpiling good feelings as depositing love units. He writes, Inside all of us is a love bank with accounts in the names of everyone we know. When these people are associated with our good feelings, love units are deposited into their accounts and and when they are associated with bad feelings, love units are withdrawn. We are emotionally attracted to people with positive balances and repulsed by those with negative balances. Our emotions encourage us to be with people who seem to treat us well and avoid those who hurt us. That's why it's important to build upon the love and respect you gave in the beginning of your relationship to stockpile your good feelings for each other. Surprisingly, the love units you give to your marriage partner usually don't have to be big. As a matter of fact, it's usually a lot of little choices you make to show your love and like for your spouse that matter the most. As Simone Signoret said, chains do not hold a marriage together. It is threads, hundreds of tiny threads which sew people together through the years. The problem is that after marrying, many of us forget to keep sewing. Our love for each other dies of neglect. Marriage expert Dr. John Gray, marriage expert jo- marriage expert Dr. John Gray talks about the importance of doing big and little things to help the romance to stay alive in the marriage. He says, doing little things to create romance is like building a fire. You cannot start it with the big logs. You have to start it with paper, then adding kindling and the big logs. And the beginning of a relationship, in the beginning of a relationship, We naturally start out with the paper and kindling. After we put the big logs in, we stop. However, to keep the passion alive in our relationships, we need to proactively add to the fire every day. Annie Chapman wrote an article that appeared in an issue of Marriage Partnership magazine titled Staying in Like. In it, she wrote, People get married because they love each other, but they stay married because they like each other. She emphasizes how important it is to work to be likable. When you choose a friend, don't you look for someone who's pleasant, attractive, and enjoyable to be with? I don't tend to stay in long-term friendships with people who are always negative, boring, or unhappy, and I shouldn't expect my mate to either. Since he and I are committed to each other, we want that staying to be as fun as possible. Ask and keep asking God to show you things you can do to build love units with your spouse, Read your Bible. There are thousands of things written there to apply in your marriage. Our wonderful counselor, the Holy Spirit, will guide you in this mission. If you don't like or love your spouse, ask God to show you how to begin again. Ask your God, whose very name means love, to teach you how to show love to your spouse in ways that truly reveal and reflect the love of Christ. It's an important mission. Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. We thank Marriage Missions International for providing this material. Until next time, God bless you.
0: Enjoyed that family life segment. This is the new life program coming to you from Adventist All Radio, the voice of hope. Do not forget to send your thoughts about this program by writing to the producer Adventist All Radio, PO Box 42276 Cod 00100 Nairobi, Kenya. Our email address is awrnairobi at ek.adventist.org. Let us now hear from Kualel Choir with the song Manam
1: Penima, vai de meu na viagem sua Mari, Mali
0: Thank you once again for staying tuned to our station. It is time for the Bible segment.
4: Greetings dear listener and welcome to our study today. The topic of our study is obtaining total victory over sin. It is based on the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 15. I am your presenter, Ian Muse, and welcome. Forgiveness and conversion are largely accomplished for us and in us by the power of God in response to our faith alone, while sanctification demands strong effort in addition to our faith. It is entirely possible. For that reason, I want to share the greatest secret I ever learned about living the Christian life. How does one turn away from sins that are rooted in strong physical or psychological addiction? What about smoking, alcoholism, and drugs? Total victory over sin has been promised through scores of Bible texts. But four of them will suffice to bring deliverance to everyone who will claim them in faith. May I address you personally about your besetting weakness, problem, or addiction? The simple... Practical steps you are about to learn could make the difference between life and death in your future. Let nothing divert you from this biblical formula that is guaranteed to break any chain or habit in your life that you are willing to relinquish. The first text contains a most important principle about victory over sin. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. First Corinthians chapter 15 verse 57 May this glorious truth grip your mind. Victory is a gift. It is not something you can earn or deserve. Neither is it bestowed as a reward for hard effort and struggle. It is freely granted to those who ask for it in the right way. But you may inquire what is the right way to ask God for this gift. The answer is contained in just one word. Faith. Jesus said, According to your faith, so be it unto you. Everything promised in the Bible is yours for the asking, but you must believe in it in order to receive it. Now let's illustrate that principle by moving to the second text. If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? Matthew 7 verse 11 Notice that this verse is also talking about asking for gifts and the previous text told us that the gift is victory over sin. From these words of Jesus, we learn that his Father is more willing and eager to give us the good things we ask for than we are to feed our children when they are hungry. Next question. Is victory a good thing to ask for? Of course, and victory is also a gift, as we were told in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57. And on the authority of Jesus' own words, If we ask for this good gift, God will give it more freely than loving parents will feed their children. By the way, we don't even have to incorporate the phrase, if it be thy will, into this prayer request because the Bible already assures us that it is his will to free us from all sin. If you are asking for some physical gift, such as healing or a better job, we will certainly have to include that phrase in our prayer. We are now prepared to make an observation. Whatever gift or victory over sin you ask for, it will be immediately bestowed. If you do not believe that with your whole heart, then do not pursue this plan any further. If you do believe victory will be yours the moment you ask, then drop on your knees and ask him now, calling the sin by name. As you rise from your knees, you will not feel that anything has changed, but your feelings have nothing to do with it. A wonderful thing has happened. The instant you prayed, God placed a mighty reservoir of power into your life. That power is a victory over your sin. You have it now. Some might ask, how can I know the victory has been given? Simply because God promised to give it when you asked him. In some cases, God actually removes the taste or desire for the activity, but that is not the usual way he does it. The appetite may remain strong in the majority of those who seek deliverance, but they still have the power from God never to yield to that craving again. The secret is to accept without question that what God promised has indeed taken place. Do you remember how Peter walked on the water? Jesus assured him that he could do it, and the big fisherman stepped out of the boat and began to do the impossible. Nobody can walk on water, but Peter did it for a while. How long did he do it? The Bible says the wind and the waves were boisterous and he became afraid. What was he afraid of? Obviously of sinking and drowning. But didn't that doubt the word of Jesus? The Master had told Peter that he could come to him. In the same way, he has promised to give us the victory as a gift. He invites us to come to him. What should our response be? Whatever our spiritual infirmity, We shall step out of the boat and affirm that we have power from God never to yield to that sin again. We can tell anybody or everybody that God has set us free and we no longer are bound by that habit. Our faith will grow as we bear witness to what God has done and also as we constantly thank and praise him for the gift of victory. Paul wrote, Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. Romans chapter 6 verse 11. These are the most important words for those following the faith plan of overcoming. The word reckons means to count it as done. There must be no reservation in considering the sin as dead on the basis of God's promise. Our greatest temptation at this point is to think about the many times we have tried and failed to put this sin out of our lives. Satan will attack our faith by suggesting that we cannot possibly survive without indulging this particular sin, and then we are much too weak to give it up. Our greatest test will be to overwhelm and drown that trying argument of the self nature and focus by faith on God's gift plan of total victory. The final text in claiming deliverance is found in Romans chapter 13, verse 14. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the last thereof. This lays the final timber in God's foolproof, perfect plan of giving the victory. How can a dead person lay plans to keep sinning? If you knew you will be dead tomorrow morning, would you make any provisions for tomorrow afternoon? If you reckon yourself dead to anything through the power of the word, it will be a contradiction of nature to act as though the sin was still in control. It will also be a denial of the promise of God. If he says you have the victory, believe it. Now you have clearly before us the uncomplicated scheme of salvation as it has been described in the Bible. The three big steps are sins forgiven, new birth, and obedience. Every child, youth, or adult can take those steps right now and pass from death to life. There is nothing mysterious about coming to Jesus to be saved. Sins are forgiven by meeting the three conditions laid down in the Bible, repentance, confession, and restitution. We have reduced these long words to an equation that most simple can understand. Dear listener, If you haven't entered fully into the joyful relationship with the Lord Jesus, don't hesitate to take the three steps right now. And if there is any confusion about what to do or how to do it, Just forget about protocol or procedures and tell the Lord exactly how you feel and what you desire. He will be there to lead you into the most satisfying experience you've ever imagined. Amen. Thank you for your time, dear listener, and God bless you. I was your presenter, Ian Musa.
0: We are grateful for the time you have accorded us today. Let us meet right here at Adventist All Radio, the voice of hope. Don't forget to send views, questions or comments about the program by writing to the producer, Adventist All Radio, P.O. Box 422 100 Nairobi, Kenya, or email us through awrnairobi at ek.adventist.org. I've been a presenter, Samuel Wang. Until then, stay safe, stay blessed.
1: Mari, Mari, I can't shake out, 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 kazi can not shake out i can not shake out i can not shake out i I <muchas> can Caribu marambulô, perima vasibeu pé, na via tua varê, marambum baibo, caribú, carimbu de um baí, caribumanô, perima vasibe o pé, na